Hey guys, welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. I'm your co-host, Tim Chelsvik, and the other co-host on the show, Mr. Matt Drury. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good, man. You know, it's starting to get cooler out. We're here in the middle of October. It's it's funny because I talked to Mark and Dad, you know, quite a bit about the the weather, the fronts, you know, if we should be out there right now. And they're out there every day, the obviously. Yes. And well, it's it's funny you say that because right now the answer if you have limited time the answer may be no right yeah be smart about your time exactly especially you know it's it's um it's a little bit of trickery going on right now because the the cold front yeah yeah. you know it's it's here feels great the temperatures are like almost unseasonably cold Mm -hmm. for this time of year like we skipped weeks of, of there's no of fall fall type yeah. weather and it's just really cold and dad and i were talking about it this morning and because <clears throat> i'm trying to you know it's like killing me not to go back up to his farm because i've had a couple of really good encounters with a nice deer that i'm after and i want to get back up there but mm-hmm. i also have limited time to leave what we got going on here at the studio right. what i got going on in my personal life at home with the kids and so I, and talking to him he's like man we, we haven't seen the racked bucks that we should be seeing for the type of weather we have. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you just got to kind of remember we're in the October lull. I, I I read a post. Somebody said today that the October lull isn't real and they just hunt cold fronts and they kill a giant deer and that's all fine and dandy, but there is something to it. I mean that, that you know, that there is a period there that the deer go into it looking one way, mm-hmm. their necks are a certain size before, you know, they have, you know, their, their summer coats and then they come yeah. out of that, you, they disappear and they come out of that a whole other animal. Totally. And, and we're square in the middle of that right now. I have a yeah. feeling. Well, I, I was out uh Saturday night and Sunday night and, the deer got the message that the lull was in full effect. Yeah, yeah. Was, but it, but it felt it felt good. It felt cool. And you thought, man, it, it just looked. But deer cast said okay at best. You know, and that's not to say that you can't get on one and kill one right now either. Yeah, it's very possible. There, there's big deer. I mean, we're seeing it on deer cast all the time. People submitting big deer, mm-hmm. and it can happen if you're on one and 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 they're walking daylight. Certainly, it, it it's it's conceivable that you'll kill a big deer, right. a deer, whatever deer. But by and large, the number, I mean, we have enough team members across the country hunt, hunting at, you know, basically any one day that we get the reports. We realize for the most it's part, quiet. it's pretty quiet. Yeah. Like you should be seeing more deer. So once those reports start rolling in that we're seeing more and more rack bucks that are mature, not just two year old and three year old deer. I mean, that's, you're going to see them kind of walking around almost whenever, mm-hmm. but when you're seeing three, four five year old deer, that's when you know they're starting to come back out of it and things are fixing to get jiggy with it, especially coming up here, the moon phase. I don't phase. think you're allowed to say that. I, I say j- jiggy, jiggy, said jiggy. porn stash two shows ago. <laughs> I don't I need to, we need some discipline on this. No, we don't. See, this is the internet. I can say anything almost. <laughs> Do whatever I want. <laughs> my so the, the good part is the moon, we're starting to wax full here coming up in a few days. And, and the next, I'd say like the 19th through the 27th of October, Mark and Terry are saying, hey, you, you better, Gotta whatever be you do, don't waste your time now. Be ready to rock here coming up. So I'm starting, you know, it's like that that horse you're trying to keep in the gate before it mm-hmm. gets out of there in the race. You got to kind of hold them back a little bit, and especially have a little, if you just have a little bit of time to go, don't yeah. waste it just yet. Yeah. So, Which I've kind of been doing. I've been going out regardless. <laughs> you, you, well, if you're picking cold fronts, you can't hardly go wrong. You're going to see a lot of deer. I mean, it's it, that's kind of the nature of it. But are you seeing the deer you're after? Yeah, 
Exactly. And are you kind of burning your spot, getting in and getting out? And, you know, there's something to be said for that. And burning emotional capital at home. That's the worst you problem. Want to be careful about. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. <sighs> so, I, well, I, we probably should introduce our guest for today. We, yeah. I'm excited about this. So, in the last few months, we've been um, working with and, and talking to the guys over at the app called OnX. If you've and, ever heard of it. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, a couple million subscribers. <laughs> Everyone there's has a, heard of OnX. Yeah, they, like six degrees of separation like you probably know somebody that has this app i would say if you're a hunter but uh it's pretty cool so introduce who we have with us today yeah we've got our buddies matt and zach they're uh they're hailing from montana and we are extremely jealous of their office location (laughs) (laughs) guys welcome aboard hey thanks thanks for having us hey do do you do you mind starting off telling us what your friday tradition is there at the office Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So during the summer, they actually at work, they want us to get out and be able to enjoy the outdoors. You know, we live in Western Montana. It's beautiful. We have mountains and whole bunch of areas to roam. So at noon, we actually, uh, they kick us out and this kind of goes during the summer. And once hunting season starts, they start to scale back a little bit. This is busy. We have a lot of stuff going on, but during the summer, kind of our scouting time, we get to get out and get out at noon and have a half day and be able to go fish and hike and scout and do everything there just so we can get out and use, you know, use the app, but also enjoy the outdoors. I wonder if Mark, is, Mark and Terry are listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never happen. You no, suckers. get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. But you know, the, the really cool thing I appreciate about that is it shows the kind of outdoor culture that pervades everything on X does. You guys aren't just a mapping, uh, and an app div- and an app company, you are outdoorsmen yourselves. Yep. Yeah. We've got a lot of activities to do here in Montana. So from skiing to hiking to we've got tons of mountain bikers on this team. So, um, just people are out, outside enjoying stuff all the time. So. Yeah. Well, be- before we dig into more about Onyx, for those that maybe aren't familiar with the company and, and the app, uh, catch us up. Tell us what you guys have been doing hunting-wise so far this season. Yeah. Zach's been after the big game. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually started off elk hunting and antelope hunting was my focus. I had a hunt with Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation over in eastern Montana and was fortunate mm-hmm. to shoot a bull with my bow. And then on the way home, I actually shot an antelope on the way back to Missoula. Um, just had one morning, so I ended up stopping on some new country that I found and uh, was able to shoot a an antelope with my bow, um, and then otherwise, yeah, and that was a decoy. So they're mm-hmm. rutting in September, so I was able to convince him to come in with uh, one of those hats that look like an antelope. And <laughs> check, I was crawling around on the ground. And, check your dignity at the door for this hunt, people. <laughs> that one's all effectiveness, but you're not getting any style points from that one. Right, right. Um, so- so I guess you used the app to figure out where to go. I mean, you were just driving back home and found a spot that was public land and, and jumped in or what? Yeah, exactly. This was, I had never been to this place. Um, my cousin had found it once before driving by. And so we tried it out that morning, um, walked in in the dark, found a place to access just a piece of public land and ended up shooting him by about 1030. So it was cool. I don't know if I'll ever go back to that spot, not because it wasn't great or anything, but it was just a random piece that we found just looking at the app. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. That's like case in point of why to use it. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, you were at work. You were just doing your own uh, your own research on your own product. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that one was a, you know, it was fun and just something I had a little bit of time. So 
it was great just being able to go through and find a place to hunt quickly. (laughs) So take us through kind of a a brief history of the inception of the app and why, you know, as Eric, I believe is the the original founder, why he created this, you know, platform for hunters. Yeah. Eric had a, growing up in Eastern Montana, he was from Miles city. He had a real passion for guiding and helping hunters and, uh, he just kind of had the need for a product like this himself. And at that time, there wasn't really anything out there. There was BLM maps and Forest Service maps and, and plat maps, so stuff like that. But there was nothing that really put you in the map. So that's kind of where his focus was, was can I build a product that can help me find where these public and private property boundaries are? A lot of times there's not fences. You know, it's really hard to tell when you're driving down a county road, you know, what's public, private. So um, kind of out of necessity, it, the product grew for him and he figured out how to do it and put it on a Garmin GPS. And uh, that was kind of the first product that we sold uh, from 2008 to 2013 was that chip for your Garmin GPS. And then we launched the hunt app um, in 2013. And so that's been popular and growing the last five years as well. So people kept asking for it on their phone and with smartphones and iPads now um, um, to, you can basically turn your phone into a GPS. So pretty cool technology. And how, how much would you say the app has changed since 2013 to its current iteration today? Yeah. Yeah. Been a lot of improvements for the offline experience um, and kind of the speed and stability. So on your phone, you can actually save the maps for when you're not going to be in cell service. So sure. that's a question we get a lot. And a lot of times people are confused about if their phone, if they don't have cell service, will it still show my location? And so all the phones now have, you know, a built-in GPS receiver, just like a a regular handheld um, Garmin GPS. So as long as you go ahead and save your maps ahead of time, um, you're still going to have your your GPS signal in that map. And so basically it's a, it's kind of like a free GPS now, your phone. So um, that's yeah. pretty pretty cool technology how the phones have evolved the last five years as well. Battery life and speed. Well, mm-hmm. w- one of the things I really appreciate about the, the, the Onyx app is that um, I do a lot of hunting of suburban properties. And they're typically on the smaller side, you know, maybe nine, ten acres. And what I learned was that property owners don't always know exactly where their boundary lines are yeah. and and i i was out on a property that, that i hunted for a few years and actually had onyx open and was kind of comparing the boundaries that it was showing me based on what the owner showed me and it was vastly different and i and i was happy to to have that knowledge because i don't want to be hunting on someone else's land i, I don't want yeah. someone to do that to me and so with onyx i was able to to ascertain that and i was able to go back to the property owner and say hey fyi you don't own down to the creek you own halfway down the hill here and he's like like, oh, I guess so. He just lived there so long. He just kind of treated it as his own. So it may yeah. have saved my bacon on that particular property. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, those those plat maps are out there. I, um, I remember using those back in the day and BLM maps and trying to figure out just drawing and doing stuff on my own, trying to make maps. Um, and so just putting yourself in that map really kind of changed changed the awareness for me of where I was hunting even before. Mm-hmm. Um, before Onyx was around, so 
Well, well, and even beyond that, you know, and I'm sure we'll get into a few of the features here a little bit later, but beyond that, to to be able to utilize it, like I started using it for um, figuring out what my food plot sizes were exactly. So then I knew how much lime and fertilizer to put on, you know, when I was, when I was planting. And there's a lot of little features like that where you can kind of figure out exact pretty exact mm-hmm. Measure uh, distance yeah measuring area is, that's 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 huge that's a huge factor so i know for the guys that hunt out west you know and that that may be a small portion of us as hunters a smaller portion of mm-hmm. us as hunters it's it's a huge factor in public versus private and all that but there's a lot of ways to use it as a very uh, resourceful tool in the midwest the south the east the northeast all that stuff so it goes kind of well beyond just whether it's pi- public and private ground that's what I like so much about it. Yeah, and I, I, I like snooping on who owns what properties. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see, like, who do I need to go ask if I want to go hunt that that piece of land. Yeah, uh, Trails are loaded into it on a lot of public lands, so it's great if you're going to take the family out on a hike and see where you want to go. So there's it, it's more than just a hunting app. If you just like the outdoors, there's something in it for you. Yeah. So we just did a commercial for you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so you guys are, um, uh, are obviously mapping experts and that's kind of, that lends itself to our question of the day. It's about kind of how to access your stands. It's from, uh, one of our listeners named Bruce, but we're going to listen to his question here in a minute, but, um, but are interested to hear what you guys have to say about mapping and understanding topography and those kind of things. Absolutely. So the question of the day is brought to you by the lacrosse alpha burley pro tread lightly hunt confidently. What is the best way to determine the entry and exit of my stands? This is the, I think the best question we've we ever received because nice it was job. short and sweet. Yes. You said this guy's name was Bruce. <laughs> yes. Bruce hit the whole running. I like nice it. Job. But then we, we got some, some, someone left a message. All it's like, it was silent for the first probably 15 seconds. And then you hear someone say, do you use climbing sticks or do you flap your ears to get into your stand? Oh, so and messing it, with us. It just cut out. <laughs> <laughs> I want to answer that question so badly on the show, but well, what do you use? <laughs> I use climbing sticks. All right. Well, so to get back to Bruce's question, how Bruce's do you? Question. Yeah, how do you uh, approach your stands? Well, it, it kind of depends. So, uh, so this this past weekend, I was I was so so obviously you want to make sure that you're approaching uh, with the wind in your face. You don't want to bump anything that's uh, that may be, be you know that may be out in the field or whatever. Uh, so so approach with the wind in mind, and then if you can decrease your visibility, whether it's walking up a drainage or a creek or a tree line, just anything you can do to not or you know avoiding skylining yourself by walking at the top of a ridge, anything Anything you can do to lower your profile going in, that's what you'll do. And then it really is kind of situation driven, but those are some of the principles. So, so how do you guys utilize technology, the app and everything that you have kind of at your fingertips? How do you guys use that to approach, uh, you know, I don't know for you, it might be a little bit different hunting out West, but how do you utilize that in a hunt? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple, you know, I do some river bottom hunting around here. There's an extra buck tag we're allowed to do over in Montana. And so for me, I'm using, when I'm looking at the app, a lot of times I'm either going in, you know, in the dark in the morning or else I'm going midday and then leaving in the dark. And for me, I mean, it's exactly what Tim said, being able to navigate 
using the aerial imagery, I have a rough idea of, you know, obviously what the wind's doing so I can approach downwind. But then I have an idea where these deer are coming from, whether they're bedding or where they're going to be. And so I'm going to try to use the aerial imagery to find some tree rows to break up, you know, so they can't see me or use some drainages that I'm coming. And a lot of times I have to access by river. So I'm going down, you know, it's a little bit quieter than the water's moving and I'm able to access and find a way to slip in. But then the other thing too is, you know, when it's dark, it's tough. And I think the biggest thing for me is trying to go in and come out the same way. So I'm cutting down on my scent. I'm not disrupting the woods and it's, you know, it's just that small area. And with it, really with the app, I'm able just to mark it out. You know, you can use the track function so you can actually drop little breadcrumbs. And so when I set that stand, I kind of have my predetermined area that I plan on approaching and leaving the stand each time. And once I figure out what the best way is, I can make a track. And so I have a breadcrumb, no matter if it's, you know, light or dark, I can see exactly how I need to go in and out from the stand each time. Yeah, it's probably key to do that. Some of that in the summers, you know, that summer scouting as well. And, you know, trying to reduce the noise as well. So going in and clean, clearing your trails out, um, getting your paths all mapped out. And then, you know, the same way you can mark it in the summer, you know, with your, with your breadcrumb. And then make it easy to walk in there in the dark and uh, and avoid those spots where you might make some noise or or get up. And yeah, be pushing deer so, out of the country. So so explain that the breadcrumb, you know, the tracking feature. Ex- explain that a little bit in more detail for us here, and yeah. for the users that you know that may be listening to this, uh, you know, just in the podcast, not watching it. Yep. Absolutely. So. With the app, you know, all of our smartphones have a GPS functionality. And so it doesn't matter if you have service or not. Um, when you're going in and let's say you've hit your stand and you know exactly the way you want to come out, let's say it's sun, you know, it's daytime and you can see it, all you need to do is you just go down and we have a track function. When you tap on it, it'll just start a track and it'll tell you the distance, how fast you're going, but then you'll also see a little blue line that's following you, a little breadcrumbs. And so if once you have your determined way to get in or out, you would want to mark it, start your track and let it get going. And all it'll do is it'll just follow you utilizing the GPS in your phone and it'll leave a little breadcrumb. And then once you get back to your car, get back to camp, you just click save and it's going to save it to your smartphone. And it doesn't matter if you log in on someone else's phone or on the computer, it's going to save it to the cloud. So then you can always pull that back up and use it as a reference to follow yeah, so then the next time you don't have to turn the track on, but you can just make sure you're walking kind of on that path. Mm-hmm. It'll show your location on that path. And you can also, um, you know, show that to your, your friends or buddies, and then they can know the path in as well. So It's pretty interesting. <clears throat> I, I know a guy that was uh, tracking a, a doe a couple weeks ago, and they were utilizing that feature. And they ended up, you know, you kind of – it's interesting to see – especially if it's kind of a tough track job, yeah. just how far you go, you know, <laughs> yeah, back yeah. and forth or you lose the trail. So you start walking one way and then you go back. I mean, it's literally like circles, you know, he showed me a, a little a screen grab of it. It was pretty amazing to see a where all he went and then mm-hmm. how far that, you know, in distance, what that added up to be. It was literally almost two miles. So it's yeah. pretty crazy to see. Which, which can be a great tool to have. Even if you don't have good blood, you can go back and see the trend. You can see the general direction yeah. that deer is traveling and maybe extrapolate where they may have gone if the blood is completely out. Because you can use that topography again there and see exactly, all right, he's, you know, he's going down to, you know, a creek or whatever the yep. case may be. If he's going up the hill, maybe he's not hit as hard as you thought he was. Sure. Or, you know, so it, that that really interested in, you know me and as far as the app 
is concerned. I thought this I could see being really, really useful this fall. Guys, do you have any um, uh, any suggestions for users in terms of uh, G- uh, GPS connectivity? Like, uh, will the will a heavy forest canopy uh, make it difficult to get a good GPS signal? Like, w- what are some of the the ins and outs of that? Yeah, I haven't with with these phones, and I haven't even in the steep canyons here in Montana, thick forest. Um, we haven't noticed any kind of decrease in quality of your location. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's pretty amazing what these iPhones and Samsungs and everything can do now. So, yeah, not a concern out here in Montana. So I'm hoping it's not a concern. Um, you know, sure. they're in. Kansas and some other states. So. Well, I guess I might be showing my age a little bit, but I, I go back to the days of the original Garmin E-Trex yep. and the yep. E-Trex legend and yep. how you had to make sure you were standing still and had a clear view of the sky unobstructed by trees and the canopy and buildings and anything else just to get at least three satellites and a fourth if you were lucky. And it yeah. took it took a little while for that acquisition to happen, and so it's it's nice to know that that's no longer the case with smartphones. We've kind of progressed beyond that. Yeah, there's been some additions to this kind of satellite clusters and some some uh, grouping them together with some of the Russian satellites. So there's a little bit more Flonass, yeah. So so but getting back to Bruce's question a little bit, you know, access is one of those things that Mark and Terry talk about all the time. And, and they, Mark specifically does a lot in the off season to help aid his access from planting warm season grasses or cover crops or, and dad does a lot of that too. But then they're very, they're kind of like we always say, Mark's a mad scientist at it, but (laughs) figuring out where exactly. So say they, they have a lot of corn, maybe it's utilizing the corn to get in, you know, cutting a little path through the corn to get in to the kind of the back door to a stand or a a box blind or whatever the case may be. Um, Mark, a lot of times, you know, now if he puts a box, a lot of times his box blinds are kind of up in topography and, the, you know, on the hills or, the, you know, the, the peaks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now he's utilizing like brush piles in front of him to make sure that it's kind of covers him, him going yeah, up the gets him to, to be able to all, make all the way up to the top of the blind. And, you know, it's just, it's interesting. So you, you always have to think about, you know, wind and, and scent trails and all that stuff. But, um, access isn't just that i mean covering your access so they can't see you getting mm-hmm. into your spots is another huge factor yeah yeah and, and zach you mentioned taking uh, taking a stream to your stand which I, I love doing if you can if you can walk up a stream especially here in the ozarks you get down in the hollers and just walk the stream but maybe it's dry maybe it's not but you can walk the rocks and you're not crunching leaves and stuff that's great. And if there's water running, then yeah, you got you got audio coverage too from your from your entry in. But it's almost like it doesn't matter how great your stand location is if you can't get to it without spooking deer. Then it's just it, it just why bother? Well, you're probably going to blow a lot of a lot of deer out of the county there, and that's Mark, that's why Mark and Dad talk about it so much. Access is really the most important part. 
outside of whether or not you have the deer, mm-hmm. you do or don't have the deer. From there, it's like, all right, how's your access to get to those deer? Because you know, if if you don't say if you don't have a uh, a good north northerly or northwest uh, wind stand on your place, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you're going to predominantly get through the fall and the winter. You, you got to think of those things when you when you're trying to you know figure out how you're going to succeed this fall. Got to play the chess game, not the checkers game. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so guys, I know you can toggle back and forth between a satellite image on Onyx and you can toggle to a topo view. So maybe talk about when to use each and what each is good for as it relates to navigating your, your hunting properties. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, first we, we have three base maps cause the last one is a hybrid of the two. And so you'll get the aerial imagery with the topo lines on it. And a big part of that was feedback. There's people who prefer to use one over the other. Um, I think it's, you know, there's times where they all come into play. And so definitely like, you know, when I was hunting turkeys, I'm looking for parts of timber over in the West where I think turkeys are going to be up roosting. So I'm using the aerial imagery, but even whitetail hunting, I'm able to see kind of the fields that I know they're going to come from. A lot of times over here, I'm hunting small pieces of public land where I think they're bedded up on private. So I'm able to see, I know that they're bedding over here in this field on private, but then they're going to use these trails that I can see or I've scouted out and be able to have an idea on where I should set my stands. But then also with like the topography, we're talking about accessing. And so that's where the topo map is going to be huge because you can see these streams, you can see these ridges or coolies that you can use to kind of navigate your way through. But also you're able to see, you know, from a Western standpoint, that's where you're hiking. That's where you're going up and down. That's, you know, you have an idea. That's where the wind's going to be traveling um, and just its effect there. So a lot of it is preference, but I do find myself flipping around, being able to get an idea of what the imagery looks like, where the trees are, what where the parks are, the clearings or fields, mm-hmm. but then being able to use a actual topo base map when I'm navigating in, just so I can kind of get a lay, you know, a, a better picture of the lay of the land. Sure, and and when as it relates to satellite imagery. Um, I know last we visited with you guys, I think you were, you were making a switch between satellite imagery providers. What's the seasonality like on that? Like if I'm at one view, could it be, I'm getting a picture at one particular season. And if I zoom in, I get imagery, but it's from a different season. Cause, cause vegetation and cover matters. And I'm wondering, is there a diversity based on how zoomed in you are? Yeah, there's, there's kind of some different quality levels and zoom levels out there in the aerial imagery so depends on what levels they kind of take in their pictures at so there's and when you have the lower levels those are like from the satellites and so those might be at one time but then some of the providers will then fly you know around the u.s and get pictures at a different time so when you're at like when you're at a medium zoom when you're zooming in the map you might have some summer images and then when you do that final zoom in to where the airplane took the pictures Mm -hmm. it might be the fall or something and so that's kind of variable around the around the u.s um but right now we're using google maps kind of as our final zoom in level so what you would see you know in google earth or using the google maps aerial imagery so it'd be the bomb if one day you had the ability to have both you know, like a spring vegetation and then the full, you know, all leaves off. Like if you yep. had that as a layer, that would be awesome one day, you, you know, cause it is, it, it just gives you a different vibe when all the leaves are off and, and the, 
that even affects just in general how the the wind affects that when there's no mm-hmm. leaves on the trees sure. as well. So I don't know. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see both versions of it if you needed it. Yeah, we need to get some of these uh, providers that fly the aerial imagery to uh, kind of do it from a hunter's perspective and <laughs> and get it during the right times of the year and yeah. to do it a little more frequent. So that's a I'm sure it's a massive project and it only gets done every three or four years. Sure. Right? So if that aerial imagery does get, you know, it can be one year old in your spot or two years old. It's, you know, really up to, you know, when Google is, is, is doing all of their stuff. So that brings up a good point. How often do you guys update your data as far as um, who owns what pieces of ground and, and all that? Like how often are you guys updating that? Yes, yeah, so we update that every year. Um, and we work, um, work with the counties to update that information. Um, so it's not an instant process where as soon as you buy your property, somebody updated in our app. If you say bought a property in say November, but we, but we had already updated, you know, that state, um, in October, you know, there might be by the time we get back around to getting that information from the County, it's going to be another 12 months. And so there might be you know, some times where it's even up to two years old, just because of our update cycle and how fast we can process all the data. Other, other states or counties, you know, might just fit in perfect with our schedule and your information might be updated, you know, a month or two later. So it just kind of depends on our update cycle and when you purchase a property. And then, you know, we kind of get the feedback. Some of the counties, um, you know, are a little slow to process their data or they don't get everything in there. And so, you know, we're kind of reliant on, on, on how the quality of data from the counties. So as far as that update cycle, so we try to keep this current as possible. We've got a, got a team on it all day, every day. So, um, we're working on it and we also have a neat feature in the app where if you see something that's outdated on the parcel, you can tap a button and it'll, um, send us a direct email to our kind of, parcel outdated process mm-hmm. and so we get some of those every day and then we work directly with um, that customer in that county to see if we can find find an update and get the information updated that's cool. for the next cycle so if you see a parcel that's outdated or not quite right feel free to use that tool when you tap a parcel uh, to pull up the landowner information there'll be a little button that says uh, report an update so yeah I can't imagine what kind of massive undertaking it is to keep that updated. Just thinking, I do not want to have that job. <laughs> I mean, you know, I assume you got a lot of people working on that all day, every day, basically. Yep. Yeah. We've got a passionate staff, and they're they love all the feedback, and they love keeping it as current as they can. So that's our ultimate goal is to make it as current as we can. So all the feedback, you know, good and good and bad is, is welcome. So. Well, what kind of owner, property owner information can users expect to see in Onyx? Yeah, so when you pull up a, a landowner um, and you tap it, you get the, uh, the name. So that's going to be the tax name. So whatever it's kind of registered as for the tax. Sometimes it's an LLC or maybe not in the name of the person you might talk to to get permission. So you got to kind of um, consider that. And then we'll have the acreage of that parcel. Uh, the tax address. So it might not be the physical address of the property, but it'll mm-hmm. be the tax address. So whoever owns it, wherever they get their information, a lot of the times, probably 90% of the time, it's, it's the same as the physical address. Um, and then when you tap it, it'll tell you what hunting unit you're in. So some states, that's a bigger deal than others to know what zone or, or unit you're in for, for your deer tag. And, uh, and I think there's some other littler stuff in there, but 
Yeah, for the most part, it'll get you everything you need, you know, with name, the address, the acreage, and then being able to, you know, so it allows you, we don't, a lot of questions we get is why don't we have the phone numbers? And it's one of those things that we have plenty of landowners who don't want them in there. And then we have people who do, obviously, we figure that we give you, you know, three fourths of the puzzle and, you know, (laughs) it gets you a name and it gets you a place to go to get access or Mm -hmm. to ask for access. And then, you know, you're able to find the phone number. And call them if you wish, or if you're knocking on the door, it gives you a name to at least get the conversation started. Yeah, Yeah, I would be one of those guys that would not want my number on it. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Let them do the work. (laughs) And a lot of those phone numbers in that we that are in the data that they're just not good quality anymore. They're old landlines, just old you know phones that were phone numbers that were recorded. Um, There aren't actually too many cell phone numbers. What's yeah, a what's a landline? <laughs> what is that? So. <laughs> Not familiar. All I know is it's something that no one picks up here at our studio. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a telemarketer every time. If it is, jeez. How fast? Uh, how fast that changed? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, do you guys have any hunting goals for yourselves this fall? I know, Matt, you've got uh, you've got kind of a, a big event on the on the very near term horizon here. Yes, my wife is is due today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all kind of like, is he gonna have to go? Is he gonna have like, is he gonna have to jet out of here? And so far, so good. Looking good so far. So yeah. number number three, and um, hopefully it goes goes smooth here in the next day or so. But I'll be hunting a little closer to town, to Missoula. I'd like mm-hmm. to do the kind of five six hour road trips and and hunt and chase antelope and deer and elk. But I'll be kind of exploring some new spots closer to Missoula, doing more half day trips and uh, um, do a little more focus on, on duck hunting this year and keep the dog happy too. Okay. So, and you can kind of live vicariously through Zach as he goes <laughs> out and travels the country. Yeah. Yeah. So I got, I've, I've had a good season so mm-hmm. far, but I still have my deer tag in Montana, which would be rifle season starting this weekend and it'll go through Thanksgiving week. So I'll be hunting, you know, I'm not, I can hunt whitetail and mule deer there. I don't have one specifically, but I have a couple areas throughout the state that I'll hunt. Um, and then first week of December, I'm heading to Illinois for a muzzleloader tag, which I'm pretty excited about. Haven't got to have the opportunity to hunt the Midwest here. And so being able to do one with muzzleloader, that's kind of cool. That'll be my first hunt there. And then the last tag I have is that archery whitetail tag down in the river bottom, which I can hunt from now all the way to January 15th. So I got three tags yet to be three deer tags yet to be filled. So still have a lot of hunting season ahead of me. Sounds terrible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if, if folks want to learn more about the Onyx app, uh, how would they do that? Yeah. I mean, they can go to our website, www.onyxmaps.com. Um, and honestly we give, so we give a seven day free trial. So just installing it and giving it a try. And with that, you'd be able to select the state, and get the land ownership information. That's where you're getting with our membership. If they want, after the seven days, they can use it just as a free GPS unit. So you still get the aerial imagery, the topo, you can mark waypoints and see your location. You just can't see property boundaries and hunting units and the data that's on the map mm-hmm. for the seven days if they choose not to purchase. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Still and, pretty slick. Yeah, yeah, in itself right there. So no kidding. A good enough reason to get it. Yes. If there is any hunter out there that doesn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone I know has Onyx, and they love it. 
we're hoping to be this way. So to, to full disclosure to the audience, we started talking to these guys a couple, maybe a couple months back, August, asking yeah. them questions basically on what to expect in launching DeerCast. And they've been very, uh, um, super helpful. Yeah. Helpful and welcoming to, to us. And so it's been, um, it's been a good, uh, quasi partnership here yeah. that the kind of, you scratch, we'll scratch your back, you scratch ours. And they've been super helpful and just teaching us kind of the ins and outs of the app world and helping us get you know, get our feet underneath us. So, you know, who's to, who's to say what might not, you know, what may happen here in the future. Uh, but in the, in the short term, at the very least, uh, we're trying to embrace each other and, and help support each other. And, and hopefully people are using both apps, you know, in conjunction with each other to, to make, you know, a better hunt for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really your, your guys's app takes stuff that's public knowledge, but, but combines it in one place. And our app takes meteorological data and, but combines it in a, in a, in a specific way. So there's a lot of parallels there between what, what both apps do. Yeah. We've been using DeerCast a lot here um, at the office and it was kind of elk season. So we were kind of using it, we seeing it for some of that and kind of seeing if it was going to be a good day or not, but I'm excited because I'll be spending more time around Missoula. We've got a lot of whitetails. Um, I, look, I guess we're fortunate that we have a lot of public land, so public mm. forest, uh, national forest. So I'll be out in that during the rut, and, but I'm excited to be testing it out. Um, I like to rattle and try to call into bucks, and, and you know, we might cover you know five or ten miles hiking and, and setting up and calling, but I want to really focus on those days that DeerCast is showing uh, a good outcome because, like – like Tim mentioned and Matt, uh, I, I won't have as many days. To <laughs> then you're looking for the great outcome. Yes. You, you want great, <laughs> not good. Maximize your opportunity, brother. <laughs> and, and we're curious to see what your results are because that's one thing. We tested it a little bit out west last year, but not to a great mm -hmm. degree. We feel like kind of no matter where – Oh, oh, uh, a the whitetail species is it's generally speaking the same things make them get up and move um i think the difference would be the tactics and how you get on and on them to, to kill them obviously you know we're so focused on food source here in the midwest but you know across the country there's so many different ways that you kind of hone in on a whitetail so we're really uh curious to see what your results are and and, and how it stacks up we feel like it's gonna it's gonna get a uh a grade, but we're Let looking forward know. to see. Yeah. yeah. No, I think yeah. it, I mean, it, it seems to be making sense and, and there's, you know, the science behind it and, and your algorithm. And I mean, like, like, like you mentioned, the deer moves kind of for these same reasons. And so we, we think it will apply to our whitetail here. And, um, we have a little bit bigger landscape. We kind of got to track them down, um, yeah. and find them, but uh, I think they'll be up on their feet on those days. So just excited. tell your, yeah. tell your coworkers, you're doing R and D on deer cast. You got to go out and spend some time in the field. It's yeah. That's, that's what legit. I was going to say is, you know, <laughs> I got that archery tag and I'll start focusing on that in November. And that's how I'm going to ask for like a morning off. They're going to be like, well, why are you doing this for somebody else's app? <laughs> <laughs> They're just that helpful and benevolent. Yeah, I've been doing this for years with, with duck hunting and you, you don't go duck hunting if it's not looking like it's going to be a great day. I mean, I'd, I'd love to go duck hunting every day and just mm -hmm. sit in the marshy if it's not great, but that, that's just not how, how it works when you have a job and a family. So yeah. I, I'm yeah. kind of doing this like, oh, it's looking like a really kind of windy and cloudy day or the conditions look right. We, you know, we'll go duck hunting. So it's, it's, the, it's the same concept. And um, I think it can be 
can be useful for even a lot of species. So yeah. absolutely. We so appreciate uh, the help that you guys have been to us so far and encourage folks, if you've not checked out the Onyx Hunt app, please do. I, I think it'll really make your hunt, it'll just take your hunting to the next level, your preparation, your ability to find animals in the field. Um, check it out. Yeah. No, we thank you guys for everything, and we've enjoyed working together and look forward to continuing to and all the stuff we get to work on in the future. I think yeah. parting shot here. We do have a, um, there is a code right now. If you are listening to this, what, what could, do you guys remember what that is? It's Drury. Drury. Yep. Just Drury. Drury. Yep. And so with that, if you don't have the hunt app, you can get 20% off our elite, which is all 50 States or our premium, which is a single state when you use it on our website. So just go to our website, select the membership you want, and then you'll get 20% off when you use that code. Boom. We're saving people money. That's right. We almost <laughs> forgot to add that part. <laughs> what can't we do on this podcast? My goodness. Well, th- thank Keep you. Keep listeners. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mom's still listening. She's on there. Hi, mom. <laughs> See, we try to be funny. We that keyword is try. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, we can't do this on the TV shows. There's not enough time. You know, Mark and Terry wouldn't wouldn't go for it, but I guarantee you they're not listening to every single podcast, so we're just kind of going with what we want to do here. We got some <laughs> latitude. <laughs> well, uh, well, Matt and Zach, thank you for joining us. Bruce, thank you for listening, and thank you for the question. Hopefully you got some answers and you can sneak in and out of your stand without any whitetails detecting your movement. If you want to subscribe to the Drew Outdoors 100% Wild podcast, You can do so by going to the Google Play Store. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, any place where you would normally get um, podcasts. If you want to be regionally famous like Bruce is and ask a question and have it answered here on the show, you can go to the uh, DrewyOutdoors.com website. Go to the podcast page and click on the little lower right-hand tab. There's a button that says leave a message, and you can record a voicemail for us, and we may answer that on the air. Yeah, if you want to keep up with us on social media, of course, at Drury Outdoors across any social channel you can think of. If you're watching this podcast, please subscribe to the Drury Outdoors YouTube channel. We got tons of new original content that goes up every week. Uh, Right now, we're airing brand new episodes of Winchester and Drury's Natural Born. A lot of cool whitetail hunts. It's very seasonal. Uh, So please check us out. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 100,000. When we get there, we're giving away a PSE bow. So uh, you're automatically entered in for a chance to win it if you hit that subscribe button. And uh, you've heard us mention it probably at nauseum, but we have a new app. It's called DeerCast. Yeah, and uh, you can get it by going to the Google Play Store or the App Store uh, on your iPhone. And, of course, if if you wanted to, you could go to uh, DeerCast.com and check it out. So it's free. It's a free trial for this season. And um, I think you won't be disappointed. I hope you won't be disappointed. Better not be disappointed. If you are, don't don't contact us. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's it, man. Yeah, well, let's shut this thing down. Guys from Onyx, thanks for joining us. And everyone listening at home, thank you so much. All right. Peace. We're adding new videos every week, so make sure to click that subscribe button and check out all of our amazing content. This episode of DOD TV is brought to you by Lacrosse Footwear.